0: child I need a minute I promise you I need a minute it's just been so much going on that I have found myself wanting to just curl up and just go to sleep because I am just so overwhelmed as many of us are with everything that is going on however I can't do that because there's a lot of work to be done but I will say that Anyone who has been on the front line protesting, rallying, organizing, planning, donating, educating, posting, just anything that you're doing to help with the cause. And I'm not even getting into it because you you already know what I'm talking about. Just thank you. Thank you. There's a lot of work to be done, so I hope that you are taking care of yourself. I hope that you know that you are loved and you are appreciated. And I hope that you're just doing the best that you can. That's all really any of us can do. Um, I want to say to anyone who is finding themselves in a conflict. And I'm speaking to black people right now. Um, My podcast is for anyone, but I'm, I'm, I'm speaking to black people right now. It's really traumatizing watching someone be murdered. All right. And I don't think that you need to watch the video to be outraged by it. I have not seen the video. I've seen the image of the officer kneeling on George Floyd's neck, but I, I have not watched the video and I don't plan on watching it. I don't watch any videos like that because I know the power that they have and I know exactly what it will do to me. You don't have to watch those things to participate in any of the work that needs to happen. So, if you have watched it, I will say please don't re-watch it. Please do not re-expose yourself to that type of trauma. I did just want to say that to anyone that is feeling angry or lost in this moment, know that you are not by yourself, <laughs> okay? Many of us are feeling many things and we don't know how to put a name on them. We don't really know how to identify what we're feeling. To those of you who are planning and protesting on the front lines, rallying and organizing and donating and educating and advocating, thank you so much for everything that you're doing. Don't feel pressured to post about the things that you're doing. There is a lot of pressure, it seems like, right now on social media to prove that you're doing something um and 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 you should be doing something i think but you got to just do the best that you can and help and support in the best way that you can everyone is not going to be able to be on the front line there are many of ways that you can be an activist activism looks different for many different people so find the work that speaks to you and the things that you feel like you can do that can be protesting, but that can also be mentoring and posting on social media, um, directing people to resources that can help donating money, being a voice in your community, making phone calls, advocating for change and equality volunteering and voting you know there are many ways that you can help and we need all of those things to happen to continue to see the change that this country that this world desperately needs to see towards its treatment of black and brown people I'm speaking to the black people right now as a black woman I am angry and I am sad and I'm feeling a lot of different things okay Um, just take care of yourself, okay? Take moments to find joy without guilt. I know that it feels really weird or strange to post celebrations right now and things that you're doing in your personal life or things that you're happy about it feels strange to kind of talk about that on social media because you feel like you should be talking about what's going on in our country and in some kind of way if you're not posting about those things then it means that you don't care about them but that's not true you absolutely need to find moments to find joy and happiness Otherwise, you're going to be burnt out. You're going to run yourself into the ground. And we don't need that. We need you healthy. We need you sane. We need you in a good place. We need you okay so that you can continue on in this fight. Unplug from social media. <laughs> unplug from the news when you need to. It's good to be informed. It's, it's good to be informed. and And I truly believe that you can unplug, disconnect, <laughs> and and still be in the know alright I want to also say that I've been witnessing a lot of just ignorance obviously some white people <laughs> I don't know none white people some black people showing their ass right now <laughs> on social media I tell you uh, with just how they feel about this whole movement and this whole all lives together all black lives matter, right? And, um, but anyway, there are a lot of people with their ignorant and just outright hateful opinions, and I do not believe that you need to try to argue with these people. It's good to, to educate people, but those are going to be the people who genuinely want to learn. There are some people, it does not matter what you say. It does not matter your perspective they are just looking for an argument they're going to feel how they feel they're racist and they're they're prejudiced and they want to stay there and there's nothing you can do to change their mind and you're going to tie yourself out trying to change anybody's mind you can't do that so only engage in conversations with people who genuinely want to learn all right who want to do better who want to understand but do not feel like you need to solely be the person that helps them understand everything that they need to understand, especially about racism and their whiteness and all of that. You point them in the direction of where they can go to educate themselves. They absolutely have to do the work. That's not on you. That is not on you, but it's okay to have difficult conversations and tough conversations And I think that's important to have those type of uh, conversations. Also make sure that you are taking time just to rest. So not necessarily unplugging, but making sure that you set aside time to rest. Rest looks different. Rest can be doing something that you enjoy. Sleeping. Spending a moment in silence. I don't know. Whatever it looks like for you, make sure that you incorporate that into your routine as well. And just stay encouraged. Stay encouraged. I've been having to do a lot of grounding. <laughs> a lot of grounding right now because it feels like I'm just losing bits and pieces of myself and all of this. And it's so overwhelming. It is so overwhelming, but um, this work has to be done, and I'm in it for the long haul, and I want you to be in it for the long haul, too. That's why it's really important to take care of yourself. I have curated a list of resources on my website, www.therapyjuicebar.com. It's called uh, Resources for Change. Well, it's actually called How Can I Help? Resources for Change. I do plan to update this list on a weekly basis. There you can find tons of articles, different podcasts you can listen to, books to read, uh, thought leaders and educators who are way more versed in have the range to explain and break down all of this stuff as well as different petitions and that you can sign places that you can donate things that you can educate yourself on i plan to add some resources just on the whole defund the police situation because there's a lot of confusion about that To be honest with you, I am currently educating myself every day. I'm trying to educate myself more and more about all of this. So, yeah, that's there. That's going to be an ongoing document that I plan to update here on out. All right, so check that out. And also check out the Juice for Revolution playlist. If you have Apple Music, then you can just click the link in my bio and download it or add it to your library. If you don't have Apple Music, I do have a copy of the songs on my Instagram at Therapy Juice Bar. And there have been a couple of people who have reached out to me via DM asking if I had a Spotify or any other streaming platform where they can get access to the playlist and I don't at this time but I do plan on adding my playlist to Spotify I think it will make it way more accessible to way more people so I do plan to do that hopefully within the next month but yeah I just wanted to come on here and talk to y'all about that for a minute. I know I normally jump on with the wavy music and everything like that, but I just needed to talk. (laughs) I really needed to talk to y'all, but for me, for me as well. Today we're going to be talking about love languages. It is National Effective Communication Month, so this has been a fun topic for me to kind of... Separate myself from what's going on a little bit. And read about something a little different. And I've enjoyed reading about it. And I hope that you guys are going to get something out of that as well. But the work don't stop. (laughs) The work is not stopping. And I just want y'all to know that I love y'all. I love us. I love us. And our lives do matter. They matter so much. So... Yeah. Let's just hop on the couch and get into the
1: juice. No tea, no tea, just juice, juice, no tea, no tea, just juice, juice, no tea. No tea. No pieces, power, peer. Nobody's perfect. You got one time to shine. Tell me, is it really all worth it? Cleanse from within so you don't corrode your surface. I hope you find your purpose. Be rounded as this earth is. I pray your goal is intact. My mind's a circus. Admit that I struggle with that. I make it back. yeah I remember way back. Medicine ain't juicy. Fruit for the mind, and she always had two trays. Dropping gems to help you prosper. Elevate your intuition. Illuminate your chakra. She do it for the culture. We running for. From them vultures, condition to be suppressed Can't mention being depressed Can't talk about dealing with stress Won't deal with being overwhelmed Till it's the point of distress Look at your life as a mess Here come juice with the flicks You gotta love it, your life you gotta live it Trying to get a handle on it Juice gon' help you get it Gotta buy through vibe and a top feel flow The sun follow the rain change You can still grow Be your own hero Polish up that steel low. Go ahead and let it out Right here on Juicy Cost no tea, no tea, chute, yeah, chute, no tea, no tea, chute, yeah, chute, no tea, no tea, chute, yeah, chute.
0: All right, so you know how it is when you first meet someone. Well, when you meet someone, but also when you fall in love with this person, it feels like bliss, right? It feels really euphoric and everything is perfect. And you're asking yourself, how did I even live life without you before you came into my life? I actually can't imagine my life with you because you're the best person ever. And everything is so perfect. And we're really in this heightened state of arousal and Long-range studies, okay, have found that this state typically lasts around two years. Now, for some people, it can last longer. Let's say if you're in a maybe a long-distance relationship, I guess, or it's like a secret love affair. (laughs) You know what I'm talking about. All right. So, around the two-year mark, according to this study, you may start noticing things about your partner that you didn't notice before or certain things about their personality that used to be kind of cute are now annoying and you're getting really irritated with them. And this is around the time when people start reevaluating if they even want to be with their partner anymore. Well, does this mean that this person isn't good for you? Does this mean that y'all need to break up? Does this mean that they're not as great as you thought they were? Or doesn't mean that you actually need to start the work of learning your partner and making the relationship work. I guess it would depend on the relationship. According to this book, okay, according to the theory of love languages, I guess, Um, this is the stage where you transition from the in love state of euphoria to actual real love that requires work. And one of the things that you can do to make your relationship work is learning your love language and learning your partner's love language. So let's talk about the five love languages. Now, these are not in any particular order, but we are going to start with the first one, which is words of affirmation. Words of affirmations are words that build people up. So if this is your primary love language, it means the world to you when you receive unsolicited comments or compliments and you hear words like I love you. And then they even go deeper into telling you why they love you and the things that they love about you. People whose primary love language is words of affirmation really enjoy compliments like, you know, your hair looks really good or you look really great in that outfit. And I love the meal that you made it, and it tastes so good and I really appreciate the effort that you put into it. Now, of course, we all love to hear sweet and kind and encouraging words. We all could benefit from having more words of affirmation in our relationship. However, people who find this to be their primary love language are really going to be inclined to do things for their lovers or their partners or their spouses when they receive them. It really energizes them and motivates them even more to engage in the relationship. I also read in terms of words of affirmations for that being your love language that Encouraging words can really help your spouse or your partner even tap into potential that they don't know that they have or help to combat any insecurities that they're having okay this can really push them forward into taking steps and taking actions into fully developing their potential and the way that this looks is different depending on the person but a few examples are kind words so these are words that are expressed in a really loving tone and humble words like making humble requests and not making demands really goes far with a person who primary love language is words of affirmations. This looks like recognizing that you and your partner are equal. And making requests from your spouse rather than demands helps them to feel empowered, again, to fulfill that request. And it also feels less belittling to the party who identifies with this particular love language. Other dialects in this particular love language include indirect words of affirmations. So that is praising your partner without them necessarily being around and also sharing the credit for your accomplishment with your spouse so like, or your partner, okay? I think this book was written for people who are married, but I don't think it just applies to people who are married. I think it will go with anyone who's in a relationship. So that's why I'm switching in between spouse and partner because, you know, you don't have to be married to have a love language. But anyway, so sharing the credit for your accomplishment with your spouse or your partner and also written words of affirmation you know a love notes I don't know if people still do that but that's totally a thing and I would have to say I think that words of affirmation is that's one of my love languages for sure so yeah that goes a long way with people who identify with this particular love language I also want to note that people who identify with this love language are going to be extra sensitive to insults and these insults or criticisms can leave long lasting impacts with them and scars as well. So it's something to be aware of if you feel like this is your partner's love language and especially if it's your love language, because then you're going to know how to work around it and how to communicate that to your partner, right? So let's move on to the next love language, which which is quality time. Yeah. So if this is your love language, you really enjoy doing things with your partner. You like for y'all to do things together and you enjoy receiving their full and undivided attention. OK, so this can include sharing quality conversations, just sitting down and talking with them, having intimate moments, just conversing as well as doing activities together. And, you know, that can be like going to the movies or even like preparing a meal with your partner. That can be fun. So what is a quality conversation? A quality conversation is when you share experiences and your thoughts and your feelings and desires in a friendly and uninterrupted way, maybe with some wine. I don't know. Maybe that's just me. I'm starting to think that this is another one of my love languages. I didn't know that. Um, Listening, you know, really sympathetically and wholeheartedly. Okay, now this is going to be important for both the person who identifies with this love language, but also the partner who recognizes that this is their partner's love language because you need to know how to speak to them, right? So I feel that, you know, when you're having a conversation with someone and you guys are engaged in a really stimulating conversation, that this person is going to be more receptive to that if you are not maybe thumbing through your phone or doing something else. You know, a lot of times people will say, "Oh, I mean, I hear you. I'm listening to you." And you're playing like the game or you're on social media or something like that. And that person will probably get really offended when you do that because it's not that you are not listening to them, but I want your full and undivided. I want you looking at me in my eye and engaging with me. You feel me? I don't know. Maybe that's just me. That wasn't in the book, but that's just my little two cents. But yeah, just giving your full attention and making eye contact and making it a point to not do anything else while you're engaged in one of these moments with your partner is really going to go a long way. Also, have a true desire to understand your spouse's thoughts, feelings, and desires. So you can listen for their feelings, observe their body language, and also seek clarification where you feel like it's necessary to really know what's behind the things that they're thinking and feeling and saying. And you can do that a number of ways. The first way is learning how to talk. Self-revelation is not easy for many of us who grew up in homes where talking was discouraged and we didn't really learn how to express our feelings and our thoughts, especially negative thoughts. So we may have grown to deny or suppress our feelings over time. I've definitely been in relationships. I won't say a lot, but there's one person in particular that comes to mind. And I don't know if it's just, it has nothing to do with me being a therapist, but more, I think, just not even an empath, I just like to talk, okay, I like to talk, and I really like to understand the people in my life, especially people who are in my personal life that way, and there's this one particular person, I ain't gonna say no names, but, you know, I would be like, so how do you feel about that, and let's just talk, and how about we talk about this, and they would say, like, I don't, I don't know how to talk, I don't have feelings, and, you know, I knew they were living in their last days when they could navigate a conversation with me, because I'm not, I don't, I just, I'm not stimulated that that's not a stimulating relationship for me. So, um, and I think that it was really because they didn't really grow up being able to talk about their feelings. And I do think that it's a skill to communication. There is a science or there's an art to it. But what I want to (laughs) see is you making the effort to overcome that. Right. So learning to express your feelings is really important. Just make the effort. Also establish new patterns of sharing our natural inclination to share or not share may be influenced by our personality types. But everyone can learn new communication patterns to learn a new pattern of sharing. Set a daily sharing time in which each person will talk about three things that happened in that day and how you feel about them. Another really cool thing that you can do is just, and they have tons of them um, on Amazon and I think even online for free, uh, question prompts for your partner. And these are just different questions that you can sit down and ask your partner. You guys can ask each other. Just ways to kind of start conversations that you may not know how to start on your own. And they're really helpful. In fact, I think that I'm going to create a list of communication questions and put them on my website by the end of the month all right um also just remembering that quality activities are also just as important especially if this is your primary love language or if this is your partner's primary love language so this can include anything which either or both party has an interest in And I think you can negotiate on that. The activity itself is less important than the objective. And that is expressing love by being together. So this may mean you have to give up some of your individual activities. But this will go a long way when it comes to your partner feeling heard and appreciated in the relationship. And if this is your love language, then, you know knowing this then you can help navigate that as well all right next love language love language number three receiving gifts oh yeah <sighs> is this my love language this is probably my love language too definitely. (laughs) Okay, so gifts are a visual symbol of love. So if this is your primary love language, you deeply treasure a gift or gesture that shows you're being thought of, cared for, and prized above whatever was sacrificed to bring you this gift. I think a lot of people, I won't say a lot, but I know like For someone who may say, that's my love language. You may not even want to acknowledge that for fear of sounding like a gold digger or something. But it's not even like that. It's not even like that. You may really just enjoy those gestures. And I will say that the gifts, they don't have to be expensive. It could be something like for a dollar. You could be like out and say, hey, I saw this cute, I don't know, keychain and thought of you. Or it could be something that you make. Those really, I mean, those really, I mean, I don't think anything says love like something that someone took time and um, energy to create for you, right? So I think that if this is your partner's primary love language, then just look at it as an investment into your relationship, okay? And there's always the gift of self. Okay, or the gift of your physical presence. And it becomes critical in times of crisis if your partner's primary love language is receiving gifts. So, if you are on the receiving end and you want your spouse or your partner to be physically present, you need to verbalize it rather than expect your partner to read your mind. And I think this this goes for all of the love languages. I think this goes for anything. If I'm going to stick, I'm going to stay on topic, okay? Um, yeah. We're not mind readers. People are not mind readers. Yes, some of us, (laughs) myself included, are really intuitive and, and can pick up on things even when people don't say them. But nevertheless, it's still not my own responsibility to read your mind. It is your responsibility to communicate your needs. Then my responsibility becomes identifying ways that I can address those needs if that is something I even want to address. And that's a whole separate issue. We're going to stay on top. If this is your primary love language or this is your partner's primary love language, then you will feel really hurt by the absence of daily gestures and missing birthdays and anniversary or just hasty, thoughtless gifts. Like if a person gets you something that you don't even really like or you can tell they just ran out and got you something for the sake of giving you something, then you're going to really feel away about that. And the only reason I feel like this is my love language too is because I know like whenever it's like birthday coming up or holiday and people be like, what you want for your birthday? What you want for Christmas? Something like that. And I I never really have like a response to that, you know? And so a lot of times what people will do, and I'm I'm guilty of this too, is say, okay, well, I'm just going to give you some money. And I find myself really not liking, I mean, I like money, but I'm just saying like, It means a lot when a person can pay attention to you and your personality and the things that you like and your interests, and they can go out and take the time to find a gift that speaks to you. To me, that says, oh my gosh, this person is paying attention, they are making an effort, and they really see me and they really hear me. So that's why I feel like this is a love language of mine too. I don't know. It might be. Okay, so um, let's move on to the next love language. And that is acts of service. Yes, acts of service. So if this is your primary love language, you feel loved when your spouse or your partner says, let me do that for you and helps to ease your burdens or allows themselves to share in your commitments like cooking or washing a car or, I don't know, redecorating or just whatever it is that you need to do, okay? They're willing to participate in that and help you with that. Now, even if you and your spouse both share this love language, because I think that, again, anyone would appreciate acts of service or people helping them out. Remember, when it comes to love languages, there are also different dialects or just different expressions or expectations and different value placed on the type of service that's being rendered. So I guess for some of us, I would appreciate you helping me with the laundry, but I would really appreciate it if you ran the errands for me. Okay, and that's a really, really simple explanation. But it's really important if this is your primary love language to help your partner understand what acts of service mean the most to you and vice versa. If this is your partner's love language or if this is your love language, then you're going to be really hypersensitive to broken commitments and an unwillingness to help out laziness and sloppiness or just taking your partner for granted. You know, all of this, especially if this is your love language, sends the message that I don't matter, okay? You don't see me or value me, and I just don't matter to you. So it's really important to identify what your love language is so that you can, again, navigate around that. All right? So let's move on to the fifth and final love language, which is physical touch. How many of us can identify with that? We like to be touched, right? I don't know. Some of us. But physical touch can bring a sense of security and connection to any relationship. If this is your primary love language, you crave shows of love and care through thoughtful touches, hugs and kisses, caresses, pats on the back, sex, sexual intercourse, you know, that's how you want me to put it. Um, (laughs) And just like the other love languages, there are different dialects. Okay. And physical touches. So basically, mm, okay. So if this is my primary love language, I may like to really have my back rubbed. Like that may, I don't know, do something for me. It may not be do anything for me sexually, but it just may feel very loving. Or, you know, you may have a partner that enjoys cuddling like that's their thing. And I know cuddling is like cute and we enjoy it, but it gets hot and, you know, get off me but some people really enjoy cuddling and that may make them feel really loved so it's good to explore all right um what your partner and what your own love language is especially like if it's physical touch like what kind of touch some people really respond well to hand holding i have i've i've seen how people can just react when especially like if they're expressing something and it's difficult for them and you just kind of reach out and you place your hand on them or hold their hand or your arm around them it really creates this sense of comfort I don't know that this is my love language I mean I definitely like physical touch I just don't know if I I I don't know hmm Okay, I will say, though, people with this as their primary love language really enjoy sexual foreplay. Like, it means a lot to them, all right? So, it's real good to get feedback from your partner on what they find loving and pleasurable, especially in sex. I think shifting gears, not too much here. When it comes to sex... people don't feel I ain't gonna generalize people but people don't always feel comfortable expressing the aftermath right or feedback we give feedback on the meal that we had we could give feedback on the day that we had we give feedback on the argument that we had or the dress that I'm wearing but you feel a little uncomfortable giving feedback about sex you know and and that's there's no reason to to feel shy about that. I think it's really important. You want to feel good and your partner always wants you to feel good. So, it's good to give feedback on you know what really spoke to you and what you responded to. And I'm not going to get all into that cuz that's a whole separate conversation that I don't mind having with you. But just feedback, okay? So like I really like it when you put your arm around me when we're having a conversation (laughs) yeah or I, i like laying my head on your lap when we're watching tv or snuggling under a blanket and laying next to you means a lot when we're netflixing you know and i'm not even talking about netflix and chill i'm okay i'm not getting anyway okay but you know i will say that this too okay so physical abuse is bad in any situation but if this is this person's primary love language um it can do massive damage to them, all right. And I, I I feel a way saying that because it physical abuse does damage whether this is your love language or not. But that's just the what this is. I'm just this is on my notes. It was in the book, anyway. So if your spouse or your partner's primary love language is physical touch, holding them when they're crying during a crisis is extremely powerful. On the contrary, failure to touch could communicate indifference and leave a very deep scar all right that's a lot left you with a lot there so how do you discover your love language i think all of us intuitively know what our love language is even if we've never put a name to it but there are a few questions that you could ask yourself and maybe even your partner to help you figure out what your love language is so one question you can ask is what makes you feel the most loved by your partner and what do you desire the most from your partner? What does your partner fail to do or say that hurts you deeply or brings you the deepest amount of pain? What do you do to express love to your partner or your spouse? You tend to do what you wish that they would do for you, right? Like a lot of us, demonstrate how we want to be loved to our partners by doing those things to and with and for them even when we don't realize that we are doing that for that reason it's like I'm trying to show you how to love me and then when that's not being picked up when that's not being received when you know they still don't do the thing we get Upset because we're like, I'm doing this for you. Why won't you do this for me? But you can really remedy that by having a conversation say, Hey, I am trying to show you what I'd like to have done to me or done for me, with me, you know, however you want to word it. And because this is the way that I feel loved, you know, and this is the way that I feel heard, and this is the way that I feel valued and seen. And then invite that conversation. So I hope that this has been helpful. Let me know what your love language is or any questions or comments that you have about the show by leaving me a voicemail on Anchor. The link is always in my show notes. Or you can send me an email at sherelle at com. Be sure to check out the Juice Bar blog by visiting www.therapyjuicebar.com. Thank you guys so much for listening. If you are enjoying the content, please rate, review, and don't forget to hit that subscribe button. Bring your friends to the couch with you next time to get into some of this juice. And until next time, peace, love, and juice.